1: Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals.
2: Today on The Marketing Mad Men, we're continuing our conversation on agencies. What are they doing to change with the times, and what are they doing to better serve their clients? Again, this is a chance for them to defend themselves, because we kind of bash them all the time. We have Brent Barbie with Conquer Agency, and he's here to talk through all the different things that are coming up, and all the different things he's seen that have caused that change. Today on The Marketing Mad Men.
0: They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Madman with Nick Constantino and Trip Job.
3: Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Madman. Trip Job here with co host Nick Constantino of 680 The Fan and the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. You know, we did our first marketing agency uh, episode last week, and, uh, you know, I, I guess we can't get enough.
2: That's got to be the case, man. I couldn't think of it any other way.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think that um, one of the things and the reason we want to keep working on this is uh, a lot of people go, you know, what what does an agency do? How do I work with them? So um, I think it's uh, it's wonderful that uh, today we've got with us uh, Brent Barbie, president of the Conquer Agency. And uh, Brent, uh, welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Good to be here. Thanks, guys.
2: Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. You know, just to follow what Tripp said, it, it's, it's the show is always about just the new trends in marketing, how to use agencies, and I think it's a commonly misunderstood thing. And I think one of the problems is, you know, there's too many kinds of agencies these days. You got digital agencies, analytics agencies, media agencies, creative agencies, uh, and they, they're siloed. And all of a sudden now, a company who used to maybe work with one or two partners is finding themselves having to work with eight. And then who's the liaison between those eight? So as we deal with more uh, you know, full funnel activity agencies that kind of handle all of it, um, what's the difference? Where is the advantage there? So I think those are some of the things we're going to talk about. Um, You know, before we get into it, uh, if you could, why don't you give yourself some, give some background on your experience in the industry? What led you uh, to start Conquer and and be involved with Conquer? And then some of the things and clients that you handle now? Sure thing.
4: Appreciate it. Um, You know, I've been in media in some, some shape or form, probably my entire career, I guess, you know, and, and this is, you know, that which starts late 90s. So I, I was on the media sales side of things. And uh, for me as a, you know, coming out of college, a student that wanted to be in the agency business, I remember, I remember uh, my professor saying, you know, there's just not enough jobs in that lane, you know, and, and that was a little discouraging. Right. But I found a company um, that was very similar to an agency and maybe, you know, more like an agency even today. Uh, by the definition we uh, think of an agency. And it was a um, a company that represented um, national cable networks regionally, and we produced the TV spot itself and sold the airtime, essentially. So we were kind of like a you know, like a rep firm for um, some of the early uh, cable companies and operators of, of the time, and uh, ultimately worked through Comcast for a while and all that, and then I got into the agency side uh, with a full-service agency. Fast forward to 2014-15, With that chairman of that existing agency at the time that I was with, I was VP of media uh, at that point, uh, gone agency side, and we formed a media agency called Conquer. So 2015 was our first year, and I still think of us as a a young agency, and then sometimes I'll look at us and say, well, we're probably pretty mature, you know, um, being seven or eight years in.
3: Well, one thing you said that I want to hit on, um, I thought was interesting, and I think is probably the rub a lot of business owners have with agencies or uh, creative firms. You said that you started out in sales on the agency side. So to me, and someone who's same thing, you know, starting sales back in sales, um, I believe that helps you realize that everything you're doing for your clients still is about them selling something. It's not just about the brilliant idea, the brilliant, um, you know, image, graphic, you name it, it's still about selling. I'm curious your view on that and how that's helped conquer and yourself and your career and, and, you know, again, what that might mean to business owners out there. Sure thing. Um, You
4: know, when I talk to younger people coming up into the industry and asking, you know, what lane they should run in college and everything to get into agency work, the first thing I say is no matter what you really major in, make sure you take some business classes and make sure you take some, like, professional selling class, which classes, which at the time I thought was going to be the worst experience of my life. And maybe in some, some ways at that age it was, but, um, getting out in sales, um, being able to do, be in the area that I loved, which was media and making commercials and, you know, the things that I thought I would be doing, you know, maybe more like a copywriter and creative person. I looked at the power that, um, you know, media had, you know, the fact that, you know, people had to spend money on this and they wanted that money to, to work hard for them and everything else, but um, we had competitors. I mean, we were up against other media types and everything, and so I had to... I, I realized then that if I couldn't sell my ideas in and get their attention to how that could work for them against our competitors, or even with them, uh, I was going to get nowhere. You know, you, you don't just get the opportunity, you have to earn it. So that selling training and everything at that time for me really... Helped probably more than anything else in my, maybe my educational career, and certainly in my career. Well, I
3: think it probably still helps you to this day with clients. I mean, I think they can understand. Sometimes it's even the language you use. You know, or yeah. how you set up. I don't know you, you know your exact uh, uh, processes and approach, but I, trust me, I've been across the uh, the desk from uh, many different uh, businesses and you know and agencies. And some of them come in and it's all about the idea, and some of them come in about what are you trying to accomplish and what are we what are we trying to help you yeah. sell. What sure. they that, ba- that balance that is interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. That
2: balance between them. And one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is like I think it's easier to have a sales background and learn marketing mm-hmm. than it is to have a marketing background and learn sales, right? I think the sales is a much more innate thing that's either brought out of you. I think as your career develops, it's hard to get that. Like you got to be into it. And really, it's the psychology of a deal, right? If you you can read somebody and something on that micro level, it probably helps you to some extent on the macro level. And look, we're all selling something, right? If you're selling yourself, you're marketing yourself. I mean, half this show is about, you know, you market yourself. How do you get yourself out there? Um, So I I think it's really important. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the clients that you've used those killer salesman skills to acquire Uh, and how you've worked with them to grow them?
4: I think in the early days, you know, with the media company itself, when I was more like a, you know, media salesperson, I was um, working with, you know, larger regional car dealerships and others that are just really, you know, way edgier than I think the client base we have now, which, you know, it's maybe by design. I mean, I think we appreciate every industry that's out there. Certainly the automotive industry is uh, one of the largest advertising categories. But um, for us, uh, it, it's been, and especially as I align my agency um, and and think about who do I really want to work with, we've come up with a really um, just a high quality client base that we've retained. Uh, you know, ever since that 2015 launch. You know, and and some of those we had, you know, with the um, at the time of formation, and some we've certainly earned since then. But it's anywhere from uh, CPG, you know, consumer packaged goods is. Again, you know, when I envisioned myself in advertising one day, it would be moving product off shelf. I just thought that was kind of, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, what it was all about. And then we've got some that are, uh, w- you know, fascinating and that they're like some like faith-based attractions like Ark Encounter, uh, which is a fascinating uh, client of ours where, that brings people, you know, all around the world to see a literal built representation of Noah's Ark.
2: Yeah, wow. I've, I've I've heard stories. I've heard stories. It's a couple of people in this office who've spoken about it, and you know they market pretty heavily. I mean, it's something that they've done a good job of getting the word out there. There's probably some PR attached with it. I mean, it's a That's if I'm, I'm seen, wrong, it's like a big PR. wooden structure in the middle of Kentucky, right? Right. So that is that in itself the, should the probably be timber built
4: structure. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. on, on the globe, um, but uh, you know, I think f- for us as a media agency in particular, I love to see clients that are emerging and and really may maybe don't even believe that they can get out on the national landscape even if they're a nationally distributed brand or if they're trying to reach their brand all around the globe or get their their brand known all around the globe um, oftentimes i think there's this assumption that you know they just can't get through that sure. you know sp- that sure. High it's scary. It's scary. It As can be. Yeah. It's
2: scary. I got to imagine. And, and market to market, town to town, region to region. Yeah. I mean, we, we joke about it all the time. Atlanta and, and Portland are very different places like the Pacific Northwest and the Southeast are very different places. It's got to be daunting. Yeah. Now, I wonder, have you seen any trends because of predicted economic conditions that some of that scaling up might be on pause that people might be, you know, I remember the craft beer industry a couple years ago, everyone was trying to get their beer all over the country. And then they're like, uh oh, and now everyone's actually closing states and trying to bring it back more to right. that hyper local. Um, do you see any of that trend emerging? Do you see people kind of slowing their expansion plans, or do you think it's still full speed ahead?
4: From our viewpoint, from the client base we have, uh, everyone's full steam ahead. I mean, we have a really a nice uh, year planned out for each client. You know, we're planning we were planning mid year last year for this year, right? And. Um, you know, we, we may – the the good thing you can do in today's media environment is make adjustments. Yeah. So I think right. that's kind of a refreshing thing for both our brands we work with and, and for us as an agency that, yeah, we may lock in some permanent things. You know, there may be some sort of, you know, upfront type negotiations sure. that will uh, – be committed to, but others we can be very flexible.
3: And I think flexibility is the key. And I want to use that, and also go back. So, again, the the listeners out there are thinking about, hey, I am going to start talking to different agencies. You talked about you've been in different markets, all right. So you talk about automobile being edgier, and now you've you know crossed that into CPG and faith based. One of the questions we get, or I guess errors that I see sometimes, is you know someone gets the referral. And if, if they're a CPG company, but their friends that referred them are maybe all tech, and so they get this tech-only agency that's trying to come into their market, um, or they get you know, someone who is jack of all trades, master of none, how do you view that? And what would you give you know, as an um, example or recommendations to businesses that are coming your way of you know, do you stay specific in an industry? Is it more about the breadth of knowledge? You know, I mean, I, I think it can go a lot of different ways, but to have that good working relationship with an agency.
4: Yeah, I think it's um you know like Nick mentioned, there's so many out there and um and that's fine. But I think as as a brand manager, uh, as a business owner, you need to think about first like really what do you what do you want that end result to be with that agency? And if it's more if it's more that you really are a blank slate when it comes to knowing marketing and you need all the strategic advice you can get, then you're, you're probably going to want to look at an agency that sort of leads with strategy. And then I think you, as you mentioned. Uh, there's other agencies that are going to be, we'll call it, lower down the funnel, maybe transactional in, in nature, and and so techy and, and so sort of in you know positionally committed to the tech in which they're getting progress. Then you may want that to be a part of that mix. But if you need strategy and sort of business strategy and marketing sure. strategy yeah. advice, then. You know, don't just pick that, you know, kind of high sizzle. Right. Right.
3: Transaction low Yeah. 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 No, I think I'm I'm glad you said that. And I think uh, for those listening out there before we uh, head to the break, you know, think about what works for you. It's not just that referral that came in. It's not just that uh, you saw a great ad. It's think about... Going back to what are you trying to accomplish? Is it an overall strategy? Or maybe you've determined that, hey, we really need to focus on our PR, or focus on our um, digital side. Then you can go after the, the specialty. But um, do that first. Do the strategic work. So when we come back from break, we'll dive in a little bit more to uh, a lot of uh, the wisdom that um, uh, Brent has for us. And so uh, you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3.
1: Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals.
0: Now back to the marketing madmen on extra 1063FM.
2: Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Nick Constantino and Trip Jobe here with Brent Barbie. You know, one of the things we were talking about the break before the break is one of the things that we were talking about before the break is just having that strategy in place and the company giving the agencies the correct directives and KPIs so when you build campaigns, you're building effective campaigns with an end result in sight. And one of the things we talk about a lot, I think one of the things that has really driven change in both the marketing space and the agency space is kind of the, the change in role of a CMO of a company. And you know, if you think back and that CMO, even if you back to that Mad Men era, that CMO was really fully involved with the creative direction. And and it seemed like they had their hands in everything and they were they were meeting with the agencies. They were the fun guy. The fu- yeah, you know, the guy's always <laughs> with the glass of whiskey. Yeah, the, the, so, but, you know, it's it's kind of changed. I think one of the reasons it's changed was the advent of the data revolution. And I think as marketing left that kind of, you have that gut feeling and you're trying to pull on those heartstrings and became more uh, data and transactional, it aged out a lot of those CMOs, right? So, you know, I, if you grew up, If you went to school and you went to marketing when that data didn't exist yet, then you're never gonna be able to implement those things. So you're talking CMOs to get into that C-suite fifties, probably mid fifties. But all of a sudden, now you have these up and coming kids that are shooting out all this data. So, you know, as, as that evolves, you lose a little bit of the strategy. So I'm wondering, as you deal with your clients, has it changed? Have you seen more of, Hey, let us run the strategy for you. You don't know what you're doing. Take a step back. Or have you seen more, Hey, here is the strategy. Here are our KPIs. Let's execute this. Is it a mix of it? What are you seeing out there? And what, where do you think the industry is going to go? I think for us as an
4: agency, it's the, the second of those. Um, you know, we, we need to, our desires to be properly briefed and to have kind of an immersive experience with the client as much as possible. You know, we'll call it the seat at the table. And if we have that, then, you know, I like to come, to, come back to my team and, and I use the word, you know, mediatize those business objectives, you know, and, um, and that's really what we we want to do. I mean, we don't want to go too far outside of ourselves with, with an idea. I mean, we're a media agency after all, but we don't want to be boxed in either so much so that we can't be a good, helpful marketing steward, you know, on their team. And um, the ones that we're the most successful with and have the best fit, we have a seat at that table and, and they're asking us to be a part of that you planning process. You understand what their
3: business strategies are. Yeah. I mean, it's not just what the marketing or advertising and media strategies are. You understand what they're trying to accomplish as a
4: business. We love to say, you know, uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And we can't. that means nothing if we don't know what the business objective is. It just means that we're trying to narrow in on some options. But I think that's where a lot of the kind of the up-and-coming things usually go is that we feel like we need to do it. If I'm going to be a CMO that has like this, you know, sizzle factor uh, to, TikTok, to my TikTok, resume, TikTok. then yeah, I'm going to say we need to be on TikTok. And um, what we normally do in those situations is, uh, you know, kind of a 70 20 approach to that, right? Like, okay, let's take 10% and go test TikTok, but let's not get so caught up in this new emerging thing that we sort of forget about that core sure. thing that we know is tested, tried, and true. I love the 10% rule. I used to get my yeah.
3: brand managers when we did the budget every year, and we'd go through, and they'd have to come back with everything, and then I'd give them 10%. Yeah. Experiment. Yeah. I don't care what it is. But Experiment. I think that 10% yeah that 10%
2: yeah. needs to be the one you keep the closest eyes on. That's oh. where you A/B test. That's where you oh, got to show absolutely. results. This is not just throw the money away and we do it all the time. Right. I tell guys all the time. I'm like guys, look, yeah. okay, we'll try anything. Do you know the accountability? Are you willing to speak on behalf of the experiment in which you tried? Can you show results? Do you have a sample group. I mean oh. all
3: those th- things are the very ten, important the, to absolutely. it. Absolutely. You want the metrics, but I'm like 90% I'm going to approve. 10%, you know, if you have a crazy ass idea, Guess what? You can do it, but then I want the metrics. I want to show why. And 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 guess what? Maybe that becomes part of the ninety percent next year. It's almost like give them the freedom. It's it's
2: almost like stock. You take those ten percent on those riskiest risks, and if ten percent of them work out, then you won because you're you're balancing yourself out. So I I think that's a good rule to apply. What's the twenty percent?
4: Twenty percent is kind of an evolution of that core seventy. So you know, I, I would say. Um, Slush
2: fund a little bit something you can kind of well, be a little bit more well, dynamic or, with.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, so let's say linear television, it's going to have an extension of a streaming. Certain, you know, they're they're all they all have their streaming platform sure. at this point, right? Let's make sure, and you know, out of that twenty percent, let's let's get involved with where is it evolving, where is it going to quicker than you know maybe what seems more experimental. I mean, sure. To, to, so NBC
2: to but also be on Peacock, Peacock. Yeah, yeah, you know that,
4: that's a natural thing for us to think. Uh, We just want our clients to think that way with us so that, you know, um, that next year it certainly could be making its way into the 70 and you know, I, I don't know what would get phased out, but maybe some sort of linear, you know, sure. uh, network or something that. And it's just changing feel like so is, quickly yeah, yeah. that yeah.
2: I feel like that rule. I mean, you have to you have to even use that rule now more than ever because things are changing so quickly. And you know, just how quickly Netflix entered the space, and now they think they're going to be the biggest advertising OTT or or video advertising space there is is, is insane to think about it. They right. spent their whole life saying no, 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 and they said yes, and they're going to be that big that quickly. Right. I mean, that's just how fast things changes. Yep. You know, one of the things we joke around a lot is is some of these big tech companies. One of the things they owe we swore they were always digital advertising, never going to do radio, never going to do TV. Well, the second that investor money comes in, that IPO goes, what do they all do? They turn right over to traditional media. Amazon is one of the biggest spenders across the board, right? Even my buddies all worked at Yelp. When Yelp came, like, nah, we never need to advertise. Well, all of a sudden, that investor money came in, you get that one activist inventor, what do they say? Go to TV and radio. Go get those that frequency as much as you can, because it's about brand building. How about some other changes, um, Brent, that you're seeing, you know, maybe in the past two, three years? And and I almost want to take COVID out of this. I know COVID forced a lot of change, but I feel like it also sped up a lot of changes that were already in play. Um, Do you see the continued Uh, breaking apart of agencies to more silos or do you see people coming back together and you know i know the big guys you know your your big agencies are gobbling up little analytics firms and predictive ai and i know this is going to all play but do you see that happening or do you see more kind of individual silos continuing to pop out right and left
4: i I think over what i've seen over the past even decade or so you know you see things that you know sort of get um, fragmented you know early days it would have been you know the numerous amounts of cable networks that are out there right um you know now it would be the numerous amount of streaming platforms but then you look at how many players are actually in the space that we would do business with to help you grow your business on those platforms and it's very few you know they, they sort of converged back together uh from an ownership uh standpoint you know or they're merging together but you see, you know it happens over time yeah. i think to where you know it just sort of you know, it gets sure. fragmented. Uh, your agency is helpful in that because they can kind of like get them all back together and, and and talk to you about, you know, how well, are these different, you know, bring, and how, how do we get onto each one of those bring platforms. Bring the client
3: back to who's your target audience, right? Right. Because you're the ones who are going to understand with all those different streaming platforms where they need to focus. I mean, clients aren't going to understand that.
4: Sure. Yeah. And, and, and now, you know, we're talking, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery a lot of different media choices, you know, and that changed, like you said, Nick. I mean, it seems like that changed overnight. I yeah. mean, it, maybe we had a year's notice, but... Yeah. Um,
2: and the know. agency, as an agency, you know... I know that Google. Once you're Google certified, you get information a little bit ahead of when the market would get it. You know, sure. And I know that you know we always see trends, especially here. You know, we deal with very large companies, Truist and Invesco, massive companies. But then we deal with people spending three thousand dollars, mom and pop. The trends you see at that high level funnel themselves down to the local level. 2 3 years almost sometimes it takes for those things to happen sure. which is which is what's so important of those agency relationships is you know you get that insider information you know I know you told me you have some relationships with some of those bigger agencies your ability your ability to scale up well that probably means you're on some trends and some you know, you, they have some departments that are trying to predict future. Sure. You know, I look at a lot like the stock market and it, it's, they're so tied together. You know, you can follow that that consolidation and that spreading apart just based on how the stock market goes and interest rates. So I think you're right. Yeah. I think we're in a spot where people just were spending and just expanding, expanding, expanding. And I think you're going to see it all contract. Now, yep. what I wonder is, is will the established things continue to grow? And I say that like radio is a great example. TV is a great example. Right. Those in that infrastructure is unchangeable mostly because they're so antiquated that it's impossible to change it. But anyway, um, do you think that there's going to be continued spend away from digital? Maybe because a little bit of distrust, maybe because it's just too too broken right now um, to some more traditional mediums. Uh, you know, one thing I
4: tell my team, you know, to begin thinking about and I've sort of fought this since we formed 20, in 2015 is let's let's. Of course, we need to categorize things. We need to have linear categories of things and digital categories of things. But I don't really want to talk about things as being digital versus linear. Sure. I want to, I want everybody to think just about distribution of how that medium, you know, sure. is, is getting heard, listened to, watched. And the crossover is increased exponentially. And follow it, right? So it's... Um, I think, you know, we you know, we talked about the 20%. There's a digital extension of just about every linear yeah, we media have, we, type we have there it. is. And, uh, it's, and it's, now,
2: it's now 30%, of our 30, 35% of our total consumption. Sure. And most radio stations probably don't even have those metrics. And do you know what Google Analytics looks like on a million people? You think it's probably more advanced than Nielsen's 300-person sample size? So, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. That digital extension, the smart companies have really used that for more than just sales or revenue for data also.
4: You know, and even you know, newspaper—they made the adjustment adjustment when they had to. I mean, I remember thinking, "Well, it's just going to evaporate. This is crazy." But you know, it just
3: those that survived successfully went digital. Right. um, There's still there's an audience, depending on who your client is. Right. That that's still a way, not the only way, but a way to get to reach them. Sure. And that's for that holistic, whether it's linear, whether it's digital, that uh, you bring that expertise back to your clients on. Yeah.
4: And I do think the legacy brands, you know, are going to be the most successful in that. There's going to be some smaller things that were exclusively linear that maybe make it in the digital space. But, you know, NBC has no problem convincing their consumer that, you know, they're going to Push content onto to Peacock now, yeah. and yeah. this is how you get it. Even you know, you buy even if you're in the older demographic, if you buy any new TV these days, it's yeah. going to be a connected television, most yeah. likely. You know, it's gonna and be the a UI has device. gotten
2: so much easier to use. I mean, that was one of the problems right. back in the day; the user interface was so bad, you couldn't figure it out. It was freezing out on you. Right now, that's convenient to use. It. My my, the way I know is if my mother can use it, then anybody can use it because that's she right. didn't get a cell phone until like I mean, it was still like an old Nokia brick phone up until about like a year ago. So if she can use it, anybody can use it.
3: Yeah, you know, and I think. And maybe we can just throw out a couple of uh, different ideas because, you know, we can always have the exception for everything. But when you're talking about, you know, linear and and old school, one of the ones that comes, you know, to mind for me and granted, I'm an old print guy. um, But, you know, it's magazines and right kind of where you are. I mean, I think one of the great success stories of the last five to eight years is Garden and Gun magazine. And I mean, I've watched it since, uh, you know, when I was there and, and Belgard got we, we started advertising there. And I mean, Garden and Gun now is one of the places to be for lifestyle brands. And I would bet I don't know the exact, but it's got to be 40 percent ads and but some great content. But sure. that's yep. that's old school, yep. granted, with experiential events, digital that supplement it. Right. Um, but there are people who that's must read that go there. Sure.
4: But, and I think where that fits for me is sort of the, you know, the medium is oftentimes the message. I Good. mean, if you're in Garden and Gun, that means something to that reader. Yeah. There's this persuasive kind of nuance to that, that that we're, I mean, we're trying to be persuasive after all. We're trying to, you know, bring out those value attributes of that brand that make you want to buy it. Um, so oftentimes it's just where where is that message actually sitting with that audience because they trust Garden and Gun. They right. trust Fox or CNN. You know, yeah. there's things that people are really, really committed to in their media life.
3: Yeah,
4: And uh, so we, we always try to think about, you know, that higher impact placement, you know. And yeah, we want the frequency. We want, you know, all the impressions we can we can gain. And, and especially if we're doing lead gen and those types of things, we need, um, you know, sort of a, a flywheel effect. But at the same time, we do want to build that brand and, and be true to that brand and putting it in a, in a proper space that it'd be yeah. proud to be in. A great right.
2: point, And it ties together what you said previously, right? It's not about linear versus digital. It's lifestyle. Garden and Gun represents lifestyle. And when you can reach somebody on that lifestyle level, that's when the marketing is going to really work. Because you're yep. not marketing, you're talking to them. And that's something, you know, I think that, you know, as sports radio, the Braves, that's something we do well. Like that Braves fan is that Braves fan. If you can talk to Braves country yep. and as in the voice of Braves country, that leads to success, which is why people invest so much in sports. Right. You know, one of the things as, let's, let's go forward a little to some macro conditions. You know, one of the things when we you and I spoke last um, was a little bit more about, you know, data, analytics, attribution. Talk a little bit about marketing science. Talk a little bit about those systems and, and kind of what goes into some of the predictive analytics, some of those new buzzwords people are talking about and how you see marketing evolving and continue to evolve within that space. Sure. Um, we introduced the the marketing
4: science vertical at the agency a few years back. And, um, you know, uh, yes, it was for clients, but, you know, honestly, I think it was for me more than anything, you know, initially, because I'm like, hey, if we can build something that gives us, you know, better attribution, but also can help us predict what, you know, the better tactics would be in more of a quantitative way, then let's do it. So um, that's really why we built it and established it at our agency. And and, uh, where that's grown has been anything from um, looking at the effect Linear has on digital activity. I mean, you know. Sure. This is a common topic, more or less, in the sense that you've got to be on digital. And yes, linear sure. could be valuable, but how valuable? Yeah. You're and looking so, at
2: Lyft and you're looking at attribution. You're tracking web right. visits within a certain duration yeah. of something running, eyeballs on something. Right. And you can even, as far as on our system, you can track the channels they're coming in through. We have the ability to actually track keywords. And if they came into a yeah. certain keyword, so you're, that's what you're talking about. It's just because maybe they didn't buy because they saw it on TV, but maybe they went to the website the first time because they saw it on TV. Well, who's getting credit for that click?
4: Yeah. And, well, and, and inside the uh, boardroom, you know, if you will, trying to make decisions on where to go with media and budget for linear for the next year, if we could show that you know, your digital was 13% more effective when you had linear in play, then that's a better mix, right? You know, it doesn't make... It may not make, you know, mainstream sense to brag about your linear addition to your digital plan, but it certainly makes business sense when we can... Show that that's the effect that it had yeah. on your digital activity. And you could
2: probably track that if you saw two together, you're two times more likely to actually buy because you're tracking through the end of the purchase cycle, exactly. right? So yeah. maybe it lifted thirty percent, but maybe your conversion rate is two times higher. Well, then that's really a much higher success rate. And and you know what? Just for some scale, what percent of companies do you think? have the capabilities to track what we're talking about? Cause you know, I, we deal with a lot of kind of businesses and most of the times when I get to the corporation, even if it's the highest up marketing person, they don't know what they don't know what I'm <laughs> talking about. They don't have access to that information. And then you get to the low level people and they're like, I don't know what a Google analytic is, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. let alone <laughs> GA4 versus. Yeah. So what percentages of businesses you deal with have the metrics set up to really track, funnel all the way through, which marketing medium is putting impact and what what impact do you have on following those processes?
4: I don't know about percentages. I think just from our, um, our, our experience with very sophisticated clients, um, there's always some sort of rub in that space. Like, we need to help them fix, establish an ecosystem that is going to give us all better readout, you know, better visualization of what is happening, in fact. And I think um, those that commit harder, more to it, if you will... Um, they're probably sales driven or they're maybe lead gen driven with their advertising. They're not, you know, Hey, you guys just go out and, you know, get our brand awareness up. I mean, there's a very quantifiable metric and um, we've done a lot of like um, we've, we've done a lot of lead gen to where we're even trying to stay within sort of a cost acquisition cost. Right. So this is when you have to get your data science (laughs) together with your business people and then,
3: you know, with your marketing people, and build that funnel. So let me, I'm curious too, and, and it's probably still a small percentage, but it sounds like it's growing, which is great. How many of them then go beyond the lead generation into, I, I like to look at opportunity generation because to me that starts to tell you if both the marketing's effective and your sales team's effective. And because sure. we all know we can create leads a lot of ways, yep. but if you create opportunities, then you've probably really started hitting it. And I, unfortunately, I still see a lot of marketing departments that go, oh, that's not our responsibility to pass it off. You know, it's they're not connected with with sales. Sure.
4: You know, we've met a lot of uh, omni-channel managers, uh, of, I will say over the past two years, in the CPG space in particular, and I think their job... Whether they know it or not, is to kind of look at you know every one of those touches and what effect does it have on that? We'll call it purchase decision, but maybe just brand affinity in general or you know introduction of the brand. Um, there are certain things that need to happen to get somebody to a decision, and I think our, our our marketing space with the addition of digital, you know, has helped create that new role, if you will, of the omni-channel yeah. person. Good. And um, you know. If if it were standard in textbook, you know, you just hire omni channel person and they yeah. do a great job, right? But there is a lot of, a lot of science involved in that. But there's just a lot of good, like you yeah. know, and every marketing company's prowess.
2: Every company's omni channel is different, right? right? How many channels yeah. are they? Is there one overseeing all of them, or are there three different ones that report to like a. Omni omni channel like yeah. it, it's everyone's yeah. hierarchy is gonna be different. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I have is about uh, predictive analytics. So, look, I, I, it's huge topic right now, and I think what you're talking about is again, if you can spot future trends and use previous data to do so. Um, one of the problems I see is if you don't have. The right inputs you'll never get the right outputs right we talk about crm all the time Um, if your crm system is set up the right way to where you can predict things great but most of the times the inputs are not set up correctly so your outputs are going to be wrong so what do you see that space going is is your market science division built to marketing science division built to do some of those predictive things and how are you using that tech because it is certainly a buzzword right now
4: yeah i mean the great thing about i appreciate about our data scientists is they're not marketers and you know i I mentioned to you before, you know, I started in sales, so I get excited about an idea. I yeah. want to really, like, push that along and, and see things happen. And I think, you know, the, the addition of a, a more scientifically minded person on, on our team helps us be as honest as possible with what do we think the promise should be. You know, not what is the aspirational goal. What do we think we could do if we work our tails off? But what does the science show us? And, and, and the other thing about data, folks, is they love data. And media, digital media gives you a tremendous amount of streams, right? Yeah. So uh, we want to make sure that you know, our, our folks are doing it you know, um, correctly. But ultimately, we want to be measuring the correct things. We talk a lot about measure what matters and, and you know, kick out what doesn't. You know, let, let's even so push important. back with the client if yeah. we need to to say – Let's start here with these three things. We think these are more predictable than others, and, and let's go ahead and create a, a visualization that we can all kind of gather around and talk about. And and then let's make some decisions for next year or next week or whatever it is to yeah. optimize.
3: No, I think getting priorities and making sure the uh, they truly are KPIs and they're not just metrics. Right. Right. They're really valuable to understanding the business. Sure, yeah. yep. You know, one of the things you said, and uh, kind of going back to if, if you are interviewing an agency, um, you know, a great question is, you know, what is the agency doing to invest to get better? You you just talked about putting together the marketing science, you know, but a lot of agencies are not investing in their business for their clients. And I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, what, sure. what, yeah. you know, the next, maybe next couple of years, how do you continue to see that? Where do you, where are you going to want to invest either in your people or your processes and uh, you know, for the next few years? Sure. Yeah, I mean that's that
4: is the sort of debate in my mind many days. You know, uh, is what should we what what should we purchase and invest, put on our roof, and what is an enterprising solution that already exists, and and be okay with either. You know, I, we've got to resist the temptation to say that we've got it all figured out. We have it all at the agents. We're going to buy everything that you know is new and exciting or or claim to have. Um, versus just looking, you know, to the companies that are, have fully invested in that, you know, data is a good example and partnering with them to create what's right for us. Uh, and you know, that may be, you know, Salesforce products or other things that are out there that you can, you know, integrate into your agency. But the most important thing is the person that's standing over that and operating it for the day and, and leading it. And you've got to get the, that, that's where our talent, you know, is beginning to, you know, uh our, our talent pool that we're looking at no longer is about artist and great, you know, pitchmen or whatever. It's how do we get the smartest people in the right seats, and uh, and then you know the other technical balance, stuff will take care of itself.
3: Yeah, you want a balanced team. right Right? it's not just uh yeah it's not back when we said the fun guys and uh just the creative guys you want to bring you know the the resources that your clients need and i think that's that's you know incredibly important so uh it's good to hear that um we've been talking here with uh, brent barbie of the conquer agency uh when we come back from break we'll maybe do some uh, rapid fire to uh, get into uh thoughts around what's uh what's happening ahead in uh, the marketing world out there so you're listening to the marketing madman on extra 106.3 we'll be right back
1: Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals.
0: Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM.
3: Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here with uh, Brent Barbie from the Conquer Agency. And, uh, you know, in this last segment, um, obviously we're, you know, early in the year. There's a lot of volatility going on right now. I mean, depending on what you, what you hear, you turn it on and it's uh, – you know the world's uh, gonna, you know, shut down, or or things are uh, going great, depending on what industry you're yeah, in. Yeah, this is those example of predictive analytics <laughs> never being right. Yeah, everyone's yeah, exactly. got a prediction, yeah. and uh, everyone's and, uh, got one, and, and
2: they're then they all predict diverging their prediction, and then yeah. all of a sudden, and then the one guy who gets it right dances for five years, and then that big short guy's got a new prediction every time, and he's wrong with every one of them. Yeah, <laughs> so you
3: keep yeah, r- resting yeah. on those laurels, man. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's just kind of like Stephen A. Smith. You know, it's uh, I just love it when he's wrong. All you gotta hit is one. <laughs> all
0: you gotta hit is one.
3: <laughs> It's like the lottery, man. You just got to hit it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, what, uh, you know, I think probably the most common right now is, you know, a little bit of concern. Hey, we're, uh, you know, we, well, maybe we are going into recession. What's, uh, you know, what's top of mind? What would you tell uh, clients in that regard? Well, I think the, the,
4: the gamble part of um, me says that's a great time to win market share away from the, you know, the, the bigger kind of gorilla that you're up against, uh, whatever your competitive space is. Uh, that could be hard to do, but, um, you know, a great example of a, a creative agency or just an agency that has creative ideas, get with them and challenge them to come up with something maybe a little more efficient on the spin side. But, you know, general marketing principles don't change, you know, when the, when the economy changes. And, you know, there are numerous stories of, of brands that actually get ahead because they take advantage of the media market and the fact that their competitors are pulling out.
2: Yeah, and there are some companies that exist to wean out their competitors, right? And in an coming downturn, doors are going to close, and usually the ones with the strongest brands are the ones that exist the longest. And they're not always the best companies. They're just the ones yeah. that marketed the most and got their name out there the most. So, you know, one of the things we talk about, and I'm curious your opinion on this, is, you know, you're going to get to a point where especially this is relevant to the home improvement industry, right? Man, the demand was so high during COVID, everyone wanted to redo their house that that, just the searches, I have to imagine the ability to capitalize on low funnel activities, because everyone was searching for need a deck, like Oh my God! Can't go on vacation. Need to yeah. update my house. I'm gonna kill my wife. Fix this bedroom. Yeah. Like we're so high. But what happens when that fizzles out? And and what we've trying to instructing people is: look, this might be time to reinvest in your brand, right? Maybe in your community, maybe in the brand, because if the demand's not there, then you're spending more money to capitalize on the demand that's already created, as opposed to creating your own demand. So is that sound advice? Are we completely full of it? Because sometimes yeah. we are. Are you giving that advice? And it, obviously, different space by space. You're talking farm, which is a brand that's been established for. You're not going to, you know, it's going to take years before you can affect their brand presence or popularity. Um, but for local clients, do, is that adv- sound advice? Is that something you would go along with?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, what the pandemic period did teach us, you know, when things hit the fan is it does actually, if you can think clearly, it gives you time to think. You know, if you can grab a little bit of resource, it gives you time to handle some of the things that you hadn't, quote, had time to do when you were so busy. Um, that, that's I think that's great advice. You know, if if there, if there was really some issues with the brand and everybody knew it, but we just couldn't stop. You know, we just couldn't. Ch- we were changing the tires while the car was still running, yeah. right? Um, that I think that's sound advice, and I think um, you know also think about what you want to do when it gets better, because everything takes time to plan. You know, and the, if it's a media campaign, like hey, when this yeah. clears up, you know we want to hit the ground running. We're going to be ready, not, oh, look, it cleared up. Now we've got to do six months worth of, uh, you know, brand and message and media development. Yeah,
2: and I think you got to be more more dynamic there, right? Right. Because, like, yes, you're coming out of this, but what if you're wrong by the date? Then all of a sudden the seasonality changes. You might be in a completely different season to selling a different good. You might enter the holiday season. You Mm -hmm. might enter, you know, the difference between December 10th and January 10th is, boom cycle versus get everything out of my warehouse. So I think right. I agree with that completely, but you still have to have that little bit of flexibility because, you know, what if you are off? What if this goes longer? You can't come out of something that you don't have a complete end date
3: on. Yeah. What's the worst thing that, uh, you know, advice you've seen or the worst thing for a company to do? Uh, we've had, um, you know, sort of dramatic
4: pauses in activity. And I think that's where you're going to lose all the momentum that you built in any, you know, and I get it. Like, look, if you got to make a number or you really need to make some business move to, to save cash, then, you know, pause, pause your marketing, pause other things, uh, pause whatever you can to conserve the cash. But I think that's, that's usually the, the knee-jerk reaction is probably the, the worst thing I see brands do and, and agencies do alike. Uh, you know, we're, an agency's supposed to be your problem solver. So yeah. keep them involved in the conversation. They're going to need to make revenue during that downtime as well. You know, pose pose the problem, and see if they can help you solve it. And um, and it doesn't always mean let's pause everything. So
3: yeah, and is there you know the old soft landing? You know, is there a way that you can come in and uh, not not pause, but maybe cut back, but still do key things that you know with enough frequency? I think the thing that my my worst you know example over the years would be okay. We're not going to stop. But we're going to do one thing, we're going to do do it so infrequently that basically I'm throwing money away. You know, it's either do it enough, with enough frequency yeah. that you're still out there, sure. or, yep. or if you have to pause for 45 days, pause for 45 days, then yep. get going again. Yeah, that's that point you said, those principles don't change, yeah. right? It is a reach
2: yeah. and frequency medium. And if yeah. you are, if you are more looking for a more specific audience, you need more frequency. If you're looking broad, you need more reach. Those principles yeah. will not change. The only thing that could change is if you decide to stop doing them altogether. And then, you know, one of the things I've noticed, one of the real problems that you have is that if you stop marketing, if you're a good marketer, you won't see those impacts for six months because yeah. your brand presence exists. So you will not see it for six months. By the time you stop for six months, it's gonna take you a year to get restarted. So you may think you saved yourself six months of advertising, but it's gonna take you double that to get back going to where you were. I mean, I, I explain it, I think I'm clear with how I say it, but I get looks of craziness when I say those words and I have not found them to be
3: untrue at any time. Yeah, sure, yeah. So we'll see. No, and I you know, I think what sometimes happens, especially if I don't know, some of your clients are corporate is, you know, if you get in that and you do take, you know, four, five, six months off and then it doesn't change everything, and then I would get it from the CFO. Well, so we cut back on our marketing, and it didn't really affect our business. I mean, yeah, it didn't affect it this year, but just wait. But sure. unfortunately, people look at the numbers. So, I mean, your point, it's sometimes, yeah, maybe you do need to take a pause. That's why I, I threw out 45 days, because I think you start getting more than that, and it's out of sight, out of mind. But I'd rather take – a brief 45 day pause and then go right back. Okay, yeah. guess what? I just saved you 15% of our total year. If you were thinking, you know, 52 weeks, I took six weeks out, um, yep. but that's about it. And that's
2: our strategy yep. comes in dude. Because look, yeah. like, I mean, one of the things we always talk about, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want to be on as much as possible. Well, do you? Well, maybe not. Maybe you want to be on. There is something value of being on just one day a week. You know, with a radio medium, TV medium, like if you're on, then the same people who watch on Fridays always see on Fridays. So you're able to almost fake frequency to an extent. So I think that's where the strategy comes into play. And I think that if you're a company, it is very hard for you to understand that marketing strategy because you're looking inward and you're distracted by your own things. And I think it's hard for marketers, too, because obviously we think we know better than everybody. So sometimes we ignore a client's KPIs and needs because we think we know better. So I think. As we talk about it, lean on your partners, yeah. your well, agencies, a, your a, a, media partners, lean on them hard. And Absolutely. And yeah. when you say uh, w-
4: one thing, uh, <clears throat> when you're mentioning, you know, there's certain things that you may find you can do without. I mean, that's okay, yeah. too. Like, you know, agency, you know, your marketing team, everybody should be okay with, like, actually being able to get rid of, you know, previously a sacred cow of things. And, like, we represent uh, RSM Classic, a, a PGA golf tournament down our way yeah. in uh, St. Simons. And, What the pandemic taught them is how to be more efficient, you know, and what they could sort of live without and what they couldn't live without. You know, so certain amenities, if you will, or even hospitality features have been sort of you know, yeah. modified, and it's just been really cool to see their team go through that, yeah, you know, without freaking out. They just, yeah. you
3: know, and just it out. And yep. that's exactly, out. and I think that's why you've got someone looking at your um, your overall strategy for you. So, sure. uh, it's been a great uh, discussion about the, the benefits and value of an agency uh, with Brent Barbie of the Conquer Agency. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Also, man. shout
2: out to Matt Torrey, who's in the room, who made the <laughs> introduction
3: to begin with. What's up, Matt? Yeah. Over there so, next to um, the George Bulldog. Yeah. Good, well, good job. Uh, been a great show, and we will talk to you next week. This has been the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3.
1: Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals.